I got a short message to share with y'all. Is that cool? It's 7.47. I'll be done by 8 o'clock, okay? And then uh, after that, actually, I'm going to be done earlier because I, I want, there's some reflection I'd love for you guys to uh, take part in. Um, and so open your Bibles, if you will, if you have it on your phone or if you have it in person, open up to Luke chapter 5. My Bible's like glitching. Okay. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Give me an uh uh-huh when you're there. Uh Uh-huh. All right, we're there. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. You ready? It says, one day, everybody say one day. One day Jesus was teaching. And Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. Everybody know who the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were, right? Pharisees are people who didn't like Jesus. They were in opposition uh, of Jesus um, because he was kind of bringing a new way of things, right? And they were uh, very, uh, very legalistic folk, uh, which means that legalism essentially means, I heard this the other day and it was good, legalism essentially means that the the uh, the way of life, or I guess you would say the rules, are divorced from relationship with the Father, right? And so Jesus followed the rules. Jesus prayed, right? Jesus got baptized. Jesus did all these different things. But all of them were because of the relationship he had with his Father, right? Jesus went to the temple. Jesus studied. Jesus did all these things. But for no other reason but the relationship he had with his Father, Right? And so the, the, the Pharisees, the reason it, got, it went kind of south is they did, they followed the rules to simply follow the rules, right? And it wasn't based out of relationship with God. So for us, when we uh, talk about, uh, I'm going off right now, but when we talk about following these, these rules, right, with this way of life, and I've talked about it before, the rules aren't there to constrict you, the rules are there to guide you so that you can play a game uh, that like it's like playing a game with rules, right? You need the rules to play the game. So the, the same thing with life. You need some boundaries. Uh, there's a reason that majority of uh, civilizations and societies today operate underneath a Christian ethic, especially the Western, Western world. People will argue with you nowadays online about morality when 90% of their ideas about morality come from Christianity and they're arguing with you like, oh, you don't have to listen to a sky god, right? Like some fairy tale to get your morality. Oh, really? Because that's where yours comes from, right? Um, so, uh, and that's just true. If you look back to like pagan cultures before uh, Christianity really uh, came about or even back into uh, um Judaism, uh, the, the, when the Jewish folks were following uh, Yahweh, it was very countercultural, right? There's a lot of really crazy things that went on back in the day that were c- viewed as bad after uh, the whole um, idea of sin and, and God came into play, okay? So, anyways, the Pharisees are sitting there, distant from the Father, but close to the rules. Jesus is sitting there close to the rules, close to the Father, so they don't like him, okay? They had come from every village of Galilee 
and from Judea and Jerusalem. So this is a mixture of people too, a mixture of people together. Some of the people in the crowd might have not even liked each other. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. So Jesus is healing the sick, right? The power of the Lord was over Jesus. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. Everybody say mat. And tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. You're starting to recognize the story now. I've preached on this before. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. So Jesus was preaching in a house. I don't know if this is a big house, a small house, but there's a crowd big enough in this house that you can't get in, right? And I feel like that's how we would be today. If, if Jesus was walking around teaching, we would just want to be wherever he's at, right? Um, hopefully we would. That's why we're here. But they roll up and they can't get in to the house. So what they do, they go up into the roof and they cut a hole in the roof and they're lowering their friend down. Imagine the, being the person who owns that house, being like, hey, yo, for real? Like, you could have just asked. I'd let you in. Uh, imagine that. We got this place packed out. Like, kids are bumped. It's going crazy. It's all packed out. And then someone just cuts a hole through the roof to... I might be mad. I don't know. When Jesus saw their faith, here's a question. Whose faith did Jesus see? The friend's faith. So the person getting lowered down is paralyzed. That's the person who needed to be healed. And the, pers- the, the, the faith that was seen was whose? The friend's. When Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. So whose faith did he see? The friends. Whose sins did he forgive? Exactly. So he saw the faith of the friends, the four friends, and he forgave the sins of the man who was paralyzed. It's a really, really interesting um, thought right there that we don't often think about. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Everybody say blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? And Jesus, knowing what they were thinking, asked this. He said, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take up your mat, and go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things today. So there's a couple things that I want to, to, to focus on here, and especially on an invite night, which... The graphic looks sick this week. I don't know. It's just fire. Um, give it up for our design team. Okay. A couple things I want to say. One, the, the, the faith of the friends made it so that the man's sins were forgiven. Now, I'm not saying this is the formula every time because the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says that if you believe, right, in Jesus Right? John 3.16. For whoever believes 
shall not perish but have eternal life, right? But there's something powerful about this scripture because Jesus seemed to have almost made an exception to the rule. The friend's faith was so crazy that he told the man that his sins were forgiven. Now, here's the thing. I believe the man had faith too or else he wouldn't have let them do that. And so I think Jesus saw his faith too. But it's important to, to realize that for those of you who are thinking about that friend that you would love to come to Christ, you're thinking about that friend or the family member that, would love, that you would love to experience Jesus, you would love for them to be here, right? That person might be this person who's laying on this mat. And Jesus might be looking at you saying, friend, where is your faith? Because as these friends let down their friend, Jesus looked at them and recognized their faith. Right? And so when, when we were up at retreat, we talked about, you know, if Jesus is going to send us, who's going to be sent? We all raise our hands. We're all thinking about people that we want to bring to church. We're all thinking about people we're trying to introduce to Jesus. And here's the thing. Your friend doesn't have to meet Jesus here. They can also meet Jesus at your school uh, if, if, if you're so bold in that moment, right? But here's the thing. This person really needed friends of faith. They really needed friends of faith. Your friend at school, your friend at work, your family member really needs a friend of faith. Really, really needs someone of faith. That's not going to be lackluster and just show up to Jesus preaching, but they realize, how can I show up and help somebody be better for it, right? They weren't just showing up to encounter Jesus themselves. They were showing up to bring their friend to Jesus, right? This is the whole idea of Matthew 28, the, the, the go and make disciples. It's not that we would go and spend a long time with Jesus forever and ever. It's that we would be so excited about the message he preaches that we would bring somebody along with us. That's the heart of invite night, right? And here's the other thing. For everybody in the room right now, when Jesus said your sins are forgiven, for us, it seems like it's not what they wanted. Let's, let's play this out a little bit, right? Let's say... James was paralyzed from a golf cart accident and he and his friends roll up to church and they're like they're like Brett we really need you to pray for James he's paralyzed he can't walk and they bring James here and I'm no Jesus so this is this is just an example but they bring James here in front and I pray over James and I pray and I pray and I pray and then I say James your sins are forgiven. How do you think everybody would react? No, I don't think they would. If James is still laying there paralyzed, and I say, man, your sins are forgiven. Glory be to God. He'd be like, Ayo, but I can't walk still. Right? And so in this moment, it's, it's almost interesting. Jesus is teaching while he's healing. What Jesus is saying is the most important miracle that I could possibly give to you is salvation. The, the best miracle I could possibly give to you is forgiveness of sins. And this is setting up him being on the cross. Because for us, we're like, is Jesus working miracles like he used to? But he, 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 he saved us. Our sins are forgiven. And so it, it's the best miracle of all. So he says... 
He asks him, he says, what's better, for me to say that his sins are forgiven or for me to tell him to get up and walk? And everyone's thinking in their head, well, I don't know. (laughs) I bet you some people are thinking, man, probably that he'd get up and walk since that's what he came here for. And some people, maybe the spirit-filled folks are thinking, man, man, probably the sins be forgiven. So Jesus being... I, th- I think Jesus is funny. I think Jesus had a really good sense of humor. So Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. It's an awesome miracle. Because of your friend's faith, your sins are forgiven. And then he says, oh, by the way, yeah, get up and walk. He takes his whole moment to teach. <laughs> this dude's just laying there like, bro, what? Like he's like, because of your faith, your sins are forgiven. And then everyone's like, what the? And then he's like, wait, 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 what's better, right? What's better, for me to say that his sins are forgiven or for me to tell him to get up and walk? And he's laying there like, hey, the second one would be sick, right? He's just laying there. Can you imagine being in that moment? It's awkward. And Jesus says like, he teaches this moment. He says, you know, paraphrasing, exactly. That's what, you know. And then, hey, get up and walk. Take your mat and walk. Then he's like, oh, sick. So he takes up his mat and everyone's like, wow, something amazing happened. So here's the thing. This is why it comes together. One, because your friends, your family, the people around you really need a friend of faith. They really need you to have the courage to bring your paralyzed friend here to church. But here's the other thing. The greatest miracle that you could get your friend is not that they would overcome uh, anxiety, not that they would, maybe a friend that you have is actually paralyzed. Maybe not the, the greatest miracle they could receive is not even that they would walk again. Maybe a friend of yours is suffering uh, with an illness and, and, and you're praying that they would be healed of that. And that all these things I want to happen, but it's not the best thing that you could do for them. The best thing that you could do for them is introduce them to Jesus. The best possible thing you could do for any friend that you have is to let Jesus look at them and say, your sins are forgiven. Right? And so this is the weight of invite night. This is why we do this stuff. And I know uh, some invite nights, we've invited a bunch of people. Some invite nights, it just hasn't worked out. A bunch of people are sick tonight. I get it. I get it. I'm not, this isn't a message to like come down on you or whatever. But the reason I'm saying this is, is we really have a task to step into as a youth group this year. And I'm getting fired up this year because I really think there's, there's, uh, we feel it in the church as a whole. We feel it in this group. I, th- I really think there's an opportunity for us to make a difference. I really think there is. I think there's an opportunity for us to introduce people to Jesus. There's an opportunity for us to fulfill what God is asking us to do. But you have to answer the question, am I the type of friend who would bring my friend and lower them through the roof? And it's a hard question. Most of us would probably say no. Most of us would say, well, your friend's like, hey, can you pick me up and bring me to youth? And you're like, well, are you paying for gas or what? Right? Or most of us would say like, hey, you should come to youth with me tonight. And they're like, oh, I don't have a ride. Ah, next time. Right? Or most of us might be even sitting in class and you're like, man, I, I think that person could really use an encounter with Jesus. I really think that person could come to youth group. And then you think to yourself, I don't really feel good today. Maybe I'll do it tomorrow. But we don't know what tomorrow brings. Can I get really real? You don't know what friends you're going to lose. You don't know what friends are going to show up to school tomorrow. You don't know what friends are going to still be there at work when you show up tomorrow. Uh, Life is short. 
so we don't have time to wait. We don't have time to wait. Here's the thing. I'm going to be on campus, on your school campuses a lot more this year because I also want to bridge the gap. I'm going to be doing the FCA uh, meetings. And so I'll roll up and I'll text you, hey, I'm here. Here's another way. If you're too scared to invite your friend to youth group, that's fine. Invite them to an FCA meeting where they get free pizza at their school. It's not that hard. Roll up, introduce them to me. We could talk. We'll hang out. And then we'll get them to come to youth group. You know what I mean? But here's the thing. We don't got time to waste. You Raise your hand if you love your friends. Do you love your friends? Keep your hand raised if you love your family. Right? Even though if it's hard... If you have an estranged relationship with family, but you still love them, you wish that they wasn't estranged, you wish that everything was cool, here's the thing. Like I said, we don't have enough time to waste. What if those friends were like, oh, man, maybe Jesus will come back around. It's just not a good day for me. Right? And they're like, dude, we got to carry this fool all the way from his house across town to this other house? That's a lot, man. Maybe Jesus will come to this side of town. But they didn't say those things. They picked up their friend. They went to where Jesus was. And they showed him who Jesus was. And what did he get from that? He got salvation and he got to walk. So how important are your friends' salvation to you? How important is your family's salvation to you? And I know there's some folks you've asked a bunch and they're just not, they're just not rolling up. I get that. But we keep asking. We keep offering. You know what the greatest testimony to your friend will be? A transformed you. If you wonder why nobody wants to come to youth group with you, maybe you're not acting like a youth group type of kid. If you're saying, hey, come with me to youth group, Jesus will change your life. Maybe they went, if they're like, nah, take a look at yourself. Maybe they don't believe in a changed life because yours isn't. Maybe not. Maybe they're just saying no because they're scared or they don't believe in God. That's fine. But let's take a look at ourselves. Are we living a life that if we say like, hey, I've got something better, our friends will believe us. We pursue God with everything we have. We pursue Jesus with everything we have. Because he's so much better. He's the answer to all of our problems. He's the answer to, answer to everything we could possibly face. And here's the thing. I want to offer my friends that too. Amen? Amen.